0: Welcome to A Worthy Treasure, where we talk about living a bold lifestyle of worship for Jesus and what that looks like to walk it out in our daily lives. So today is my first interview. I'm so excited. I have my friend Alicia Miller here with me today, and her book is called His, and you can find it on all of the places, and we'll talk about that at the end of the podcast. And we've kind of known each other for a little while, a few years. What's funny, though, is that we were introduced through friends and then through social media. We connected and started chatting about our faiths and our faith walk. And Alicia had started her podcast, The Marriage Project, on a faith whim. Like God told her to start it, and she went after it. I just love her story of how faithful she is to the Lord and what she, um, kind of what she's accomplished. I think we're at episode 36, which Dan and I were featured on. It's so amazing to know you, Alicia. I'm so grateful to know such a a woman of God and you really inspire me. I keep thinking like, wow, when Alicia started, she didn't know what she was doing and I feel like I'm doing the same thing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I still don't know. I know more. I have three years on me, but... I know
0: the feeling. (laughs) Well, it's so good to have you here. And I'm really excited to share your testimony. Mm -hmm. And testimonies for me, I think, are so important to share Mm -hmm. because who else is going to tell our testimonies? Who else is going to share the goodness of what God does in our lives um, when we really look back? And it's funny enough that our testimonies are really a highlight reel. True. (laughs) Um, You know, our salvation story is one thing, but a testimony is another and there are testimonies that are throughout our lives that are big testimonies there's testimonies that happen on our daily walk I I think it's really special that you can share it with us so I wanted to um I guess get started and I want to hear about you sure and your life so why don't you tell us what you do for a living tell us about your
1: family your pets and all that okay all right I'm so grateful to be here and honored to be your first guest thank you It's going to go so well, just because your podcast and the heart behind it, I'm excited for it and truly am honored. So I am a wedding and family photographer and based out of Southern California. I do have a marriage podcast. You and Dan are on it, episode 36, and I'm a podcast host, even though that's more of a ministry right now anyway, and um, I'm a newly titled author. I guess that's how you would say it. I don't Mm -hmm. know how to say that yet because it's so new. Um, I just released my first book, which tells my testimony. I'm not married, so that's the subtitle of my book. It's a single girl's journey to discovering God's heart on love, marriage, and identity. Because there was a lot to teach me on each one of those subjects. When you say what do you do for a living? And you say author, I don't some people might think, Oh well You don't have a job. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Some people they just yeah, if you don't have the the backing or insurance or whatever it is, you know. But no, it's definitely a calling and God spoke that through so many people early on when I was fresh in the church and serving him that I was called to write because I had a little blog and this has come out of it. Um, In my free time, definitely hang out with my family, friends who are like family. I do have a 12-year-old Yorkie who a lot of people think is a puppy still which so someone's like she's not 12 months old and i'm like i tell her that i, I tell her she's still a puppy <laughs> she <laughs> believes it but her name's lily um so she's special to me she she was really used by the lord to allow me to believe his goodness cuz early on it was just so hard to receive that forgiveness after what I lived through, and she's such a promise of what God was going to do. And so it's silly; people might think it's just a dog, but she's really special to me for that reason. Favorite thing to do um, when I'm home, I just like to cozy up and be a homebody. I love being a homebody I'm, too. Right, right?
0: I as I get older, I'm like, please just let me stay home. Don't tell me to go anywhere. I Can I just please be at
1: home? And being doing what we've done, it's like you're connecting with people, and it is a yeah. lot. I feel like I'm definitely more of an introvert, but. Have to extrovert a lot, so it's nice to just unwind yes. and
0: stay home sometimes. Being a photographer, you have to extrovert really hard.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing about yourself. Yeah, of course. So, um, a worthy treasure really is going after the heart of God. I want to be about revival. I want to mm-hmm. be about um, deepening our faith every day. And will you share your faith story? Um, sure. I know that it's it's kind of a wild story, but I love when people come from that wild place to just holiness and righteousness, and I want to hear about that. Sure, yes,
1: I mentioned the book, and the first four chapters really piece that together. Um, it's broken into three parts: um, the bride the project, and then the wedding feast and the bridegroom. And so the first part is really just speaking into that place of identity. So Jesus speaks about that, that the church is um, his bride. And I didn't know what that meant. I had no idea. I mean, I grew up going to church. But it was really just a Sunday thing. It was more just my mom would wake me up and take me, and that was pretty much it. And I got really consumed early on, I'd say junior high age, with relationships and just a lot of identity stuff going on and attacks on that. And as I was learning His heart, when I was 24, um, He began to give me the understanding of what covenant love was, and that He had been pursuing me all of my days, and just this love that He had for me was what I had been searching for, and. What I was doing um, for about nine years was going after that. I was allowing just really degrading toxic relationships in my life to really specific ones. Just really not nice guys. They were really, really awful people. I mean, not that, that sounds mean, but they were, they just spoke really awful, degrading things to me. And I just hate to even think that a girl would accept treatment like that. Like back then when I was doing that, it just breaks my heart to think that. And I was allowing that though, because I was trading it for being chosen. Like that's how I felt. Do you think that you were just staying in those relationships because that's the best you
0: could get or? Totally.
1: Yeah. I think early on I had, you know, these just presumptions of what relationships were supposed to be like. And that came from what I was looking at, whether that was movies, you know, or the music I was listening to or magazines. We didn't even have social media back then, but just believing the lie that there was like this ultimate relationship to attain and just being really consumed with it. Like I wasn't the girl that um, got plugged in or let that go by the wayside. I was very much after that. Like I wanted to have a boyfriend.
0: Yeah, you talked about that in your first few chapters of like how you dreamt about marriage was the end. You know, because in in movies, that's what we see. We're like the journey to
1: marriage and then we're married and then we're happily And that like kiss scene and it's like all butterflies and they might fight, but they get back together at the end. And usually I love how you talk about that
0: in the beginning. This is not what was intended for. And I found that in my own marriage, relationships are long suffering, a long haul, good and bad. You set your mind to it and you don't give up kind of thing. Obviously, if there's something that's toxic in your relationship, it needs to be addressed. And if it can't be solved, then there has to be other ways out. But, you know, for me, I'm such a long haul person. So I love to hear that you came out from under that almost like a lie, you know, it was a lie bubble that love is perfect, but that's not what God calls
1: love. No, (laughs) he is love, you know, and I, I didn't know that I didn't, I didn't experience him yet. How you say you want people to know God and be known by him. Um, I didn't know him. Like I knew of him, yes. but I didn't know him. I
0: think that's a lot of people's journeys, you know, but that's why we're here, right? We're here to say God wants to know you. Yeah. And we want to break out of father, son and holy knowledge, mm. which I always like, it hurts my heart to think because that's where I was at. It's to the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit it becomes closer than a friend, you know, and that he's your husband and he is saying of your whole entire life. That's what I really want to share in this ministry. Yeah, that's so
1: good. And that was what I had been looking for and what I was like trading in other things for. Like, So being chosen, I wasn't really being chosen. I was being used. For my body. Like I was sleeping with these boyfriends. I was being used even to get things for them. Like they would have me buy them things, you know, so my yeah. money. <laughs> I know. I'm know. i sorry. Ew. I know. No, it's fine. I don't even care. I'm like, you know what? It was. It's <laughs> awful. And I'm just thinking, gosh, but I allowed that treatment because I think it really was a lack too of um, confidence. You know, I wanted to be valued. I wanted to be validated and affirmed. And I was lacking in that. I would- Maybe hear something nice for the other 10 mean words, you know, and so it was just this trade-off that wasn't worth it. I allowed it for a time and finally, I feel like it was wait, the Lord, it was, it was the Lord, even though I wasn't asking him really yet for that. He, by his grace, got me out of that longer relationship and I didn't turn to him though. I, It's like I had been having these little conversations with God. It's like I knew his power was real, but I didn't love him yet. I didn't care that he saw me in these places. Like I just needed his help. Like I would get myself into these tricky situations and then I just needed his help out. And I'd Mm. shoot those little arrow type prayers up like, God, can you help me out of this situation? And he would. And then when he did that, the biggest deliverance was out of that prison-like relationship that lasted for four years. And I didn't turn to him. I went and I was 21 and I went for three years to the bars and still had that same behavior like ingrained in me now. So I was living out, being promiscuous and hooking up With other guys. And um, it wasn't just those two guys in the beginning. Like from there, it was that like hookups and getting drunk and sometimes not even remembering how I got home. So it was just really sad and just empty. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like all that
0: is so fun. But at the end of the day, does it fill you up? You know, what is it? it, What is it really doing? Is this fulfilling or is it just filling a place that needs to be
1: filled? Yes. And I I was going to talk about that, too, of like sin because that's what we it's called. Like, I know people don't like to call it sin. It's like, well, I'm drinking. I'm like, well, it's breaking God's law and God's heart more than anything. And he's not gonna leave you in that place. Like, he's gonna go after you because he has more for you. Sin can be fun for a time, but, you know, there's consequences to that. So you sow sin, but it reaps consequence. And so when you sow things of the spirit it or, you know, things of the Lord, it, it reaps eternal harvest. You know, we get to see souls, one for Christ. I always had this misconception that living life for God was boring, rigid, not fun, but I'm like, it's so fun in purity. You know, you get to have fun and you don't have this like weight on you from this hidden hurts or, you know, just putting on a front for people, but living this life behind closed doors a different way. And it was in college that I had began experiencing him. So, you know, he had to really take me to the end of myself because I was just so rebellious, just had such a stubborn will. And It really was just getting into scripture. My mom had given me this devotional, which was scripture only. It was morning and night scripture. And I began reading it. I can't take credit for that. I have to say it was God just drawing me to himself. And I finally just spoke into my life. And really, like you talked about revival, it revived my heart. It was just like resuscitating me back to life. I was like dead inside. I I didn't know what that even meant, but I I truly was. And so it was really his word that breathed life back into me. And um, that's why I am so passionate about girls getting into their word for themselves or if they've never gotten into it I always encourage them like if it's hard to read I know you can ask him though for like a love for it yeah what's a technique or what are what are some prayers yeah because I feel like when you start to pray those
0: those prayers they shift your heart yep so what are some prayers that you prayed in those moments to
1: actually get you into that place where you were encountering God you know it's funny because I wasn't even like at that place yet of like asking him in. But I just remember my mom has a musical background and she always would sing songs in the morning. I'd hear her singing and um, would have worship songs on in the car, picking us up from school, like through elementary, junior high, high school. And so those things were getting into my heart and head, whether I wanted them to or not, because that's totally, I wasn't in that place in high school. I was not desiring the things of God. I wasn't turning on my own worship music. I wasn't in my Bible. Um, but they were still getting into my heart and my life because of my mom. And there was a lyric that she used to sing and it was, open the eyes of my heart. <laughs> I do love that song. I do too. <laughs> Old 90s song. Yes, yes, totally. And yes. so I, I remember this specifically one day. I was living out. I was in college. And I just remember this specific time I was turning the keys to my apartment and those were the words that came into my heart. It wasn't even like a prayer that I meant to pray. It was just there in the back of my mind and my heart in the recesses of my heart. I honestly don't even know if I meant it, but it was there. And that's exactly what he did. He began to just open the eyes of my heart, allowing me to see things like I'd never seen before in scripture. And there was moments of, whoa, like he is, right here so real and I did begin praying when I started to work um I worked at Nordstrom in 2012 that took me to the end of myself retail Uh, don't go into retail no
0: no no (laughs) shame no shame no
1: shame it was just against my nature that's where I started to see him I was like not testing him but I was saying things in prayer a specific one maybe would literally just be like help me get through this shift And there'd be a song I'd listen to on the radio driving. And then I'd hear it on the speakers during my shift. He was like working with me because I wasn't listening to worship music yet myself. It was honestly a secular song, but I was like tuned into him all of a sudden.
0: I like that. I tell people all the time, there's so many ways that God speaks to us. And it's not just like, like a friend speaking to friend like this. It's like God God primarily speaks through pictures. If you have pictures in your heads or for me, he speaks a lot through songs. I'll hear like three songs sequentially and I'm like, what? But then I piece together what he's saying and I'm like, that's what he's saying. Yes. Or like
1: the repetitiveness. The
0: repetitiveness or like he'll show me something. Like I'll look up and there is a number. I'm like, oh, and that recollects like God's speaking to me. You know, there's so many ways that God can speak to you. And I love that you said he's speaking to you through
1: songs because that really does make a difference. It does. And music's powerful. I mean, it has an influence over you, whether good or bad. And I tell it in the book where he really like took the veil off my eyes was at a music festival, seeing this like worship of the music itself. And it wasn't wholesome music. It was very demonic where I was seeing sin for what it was for the first time. And I walked out of that tent and it was at Coachella. That was the big year for me was twenty thirteen when he was really doing a work. I was just talking to Jesus all of a sudden. You know, it was like he became just a part of my everyday and I just like felt so much joy and this like gratitude burning in my heart like I never had before. I really just felt like it was his love just stroking the flame in my heart to just come alive and Really, that was undeniable. No one could take that from me. It was something I had never, like I said, experienced before. I knew it was him because I was inviting him in and just enjoying his presence and realizing what he did for me. You know, he sacrificed himself for me on the cross and I was humbled and had never had that revelation before. I
0: love that. Somebody once said to me that our faith is all about the process and God likes the process more because it's walking with him. I love that you mentioned that it's it was a slow but steady growth, and it's still a slow but steady growth. We're sitting here. We're not at the end. We're in the middle, and the end is death. Yes. <laughs> right?
1: Right. It's true, yeah. We're
0: here. We're just here, like, on a journey with a friend who is next to us, and I love that every day you can turn to him and hold his hand and say, what can I do with you today? And that he speaks back to you and says, here's what you can do. And I love that you talked about like the different prayers that started to come up that you're praying. And that's something that I, um, I talk about on Instagram a lot. Like what are prayers that will change your life? And I love that. Open the eyes of my heart. That
1: actually is a pretty radical prayer to pray, you know? It is. Yeah, I don't, I didn't understand it, the way, but it was there. And I know that was him putting in the words. Yeah. And since I've prayed that for people, you know, open their eyes, Lord, of their hearts. Open them to see yeah. you. Yeah. And, and,
0: and, and it changes your whole life because it opens your eyes to what's spiritually good and bad. Like, what is the benefit of this and what is the degradation of
1: this? Absolutely. And I saw that answered in the way he did show me that, specifically the music festival. It was crazy. I had never had a moment like that before where he said, you can't have this and have me too. And that was like the easiest decision I could make because I would encountered this sweet, precious Jesus that like was what I'd been looking for. This like pure, undefiled love, words of life spoken over me after years of degrading words spoken over me to me, to my face. And he was the gentleman. (laughs) I was desiring that perfection was found in him. And no one could ever compare to that. You know, I know there will be maybe one day a husband, but for now he was going to have to take me on this journey of unraveling my ideas of what marriage, love, relationships looked like. He had to be enough first and be that first love um, in my heart and not to put anyone else above him on the throne of my heart anymore. So that was a journey. And yes, the prayer was answered. He opened my eyes to see things for what they were I love that yeah when the Lord starts to show you something it's always to unravel
0: whatever is in front of him being your first love that's the same with me as well like I I find you know the craziest things being in front of in front of him and it really started to unravel in my business when I gave my business to my sister and like now I'm like oh my gosh that was my first love it really was my first love you know and then money God showed me all this thing like money you're worshiping money more than you're worshiping me and I'm like oh my gosh whoa yeah whoa you know and he's like now guess what you also worship time more than me
1: wow <laughs> there yeah get a list going because we'll see what idols we have in our lives there's so many that can take his place
0: so From Coachella to (laughs) – okay,
1: we're almost there.
0: (laughs) From Coachella, that was a pivotal point in your faith. It was. It was. So from that pivotal point, what happened? Like where where did
1: God take you? Yeah, so that was about April of 2013. I mean, there was still all of the other things. Like I had been – in relationships, you know, I don't know how to say this delicately, like hooking up with someone. Can I say that? Like it was, I mean, you have to, because <laughs> that's what was going on. Like I was, yeah. you know, involved when in this relationship and that was like a prying off of, um, like my white knuckled fist. I imagine God was just like prying off and that I had a slip up at the start of that year. So I was like having this like revelation with God and like, he was being coming real to me and I, I didn't want to. To be in that place anymore, I knew that I wanted to go the way of purity. And at the start of that year, I I slipped up and I slept with this person, and that's what I was so used to doing. And um, I just I remember he didn't let me stay in that place, though. Jesus was there, like right beside me, and like picked me up and like and was like, "Keep going." Like that's I talk about that actually in the book. Like, keep going. That was his voice to me. Like he didn't hold it over my head. He didn't condemn me it was going to be a journey. It was going to be a weaning off of, but from there, that's when I vowed like purity. And that was like from that point till now, like I've stayed pure. And how long ago was that? Oh, like eight years, Eight so years. 2013. Okay. Um, long sufferer over here. Long sufferer. Cause <laughs> I, all, I can it. talk about that, about it being challenging. That was it. And I was like all in and I went on some mission trips that next year in 2014. Like I wanted to live my life and tell others. Like I couldn't keep it to myself. It was just too good. Like I knew Jesus now and I wanted people, I had the answer to sadness, hopelessness. They'll go to any answer but Jesus. Oh, why? Why? (laughs) I know. I think it's just people have done a disservice to his name and that's what was so important to me when I took his name on was I can't make you look bad, Lord. Like it wasn't even so much me, um, but that's what has kept me honestly, is those moments where it's been hard to not turn back. I've realized I've spoken his name out and I'm his, like I'm telling people that. So that mattered more to me. Than anything, than going back. So um, maybe that's the stubbornness working its way for redemption. But <laughs> it makes me so happy because I don't find a lot of people who are so
0: excited to be like, "I know Jesus and He's awesome and this is the good news." Everyone's right. like, "Well, I kind of know Jesus here. I'm yeah, kind of. I'm a Christian, but kind of not. Kind of not. But yeah. Like, <laughs> no, God is good. If God has touched your life, this good news." This is amazing.
1: Absolutely. And that's where he took me. I mean, that was the start of it. I got plugged into a Bible study at the end of that year. I went by myself. My mom was probably like, it's happening. (laughs) My prayers are are being answered. Yes. Because she'd been praying for me. But yeah, I started doing some mission work. I went to Haiti and the Philippines that next year and worked in the children's ministry. So he was just giving me things to do in place of what I was used to doing. Like Bible study was on Thursday nights. I used to go out and hang out with, you know, my my people or go to the bars on Thursday nights. Like that was our thing. And so he gave me new places to be and new people to meet.
0: Awesome. That's so good. Yeah. God always does that, right? Yeah, was so good. So as a redeemed person, you know, after Coachella, you're eight years in, for people who've been a Christian for a long time, who are really trying to walk the walk, what are you currently struggling with and how do you surrender those things every day and how can you encourage somebody who is the shame over over those
1: struggles? Honestly, it's all praise to God that he did take that desire for drinking away and um, everyone has to answer to the Lord and like what he's put in your heart for that. In that place and at that moment back then, I think him taking that desire away, because that was always my thing. I'd, you know, go out over the weekend and I'd make bad decisions or just feel sick or, you know, be hungover and... I was always saying, Oh, I'm so done drinking. And then the next weekend I'd be doing it again. Oh, easily. Right. Yeah. And so he totally just took that from me. To me, that was like the biggest way for him to get glory in my life at that point in time. It was just like, wait, what? Alicia? (laughs) You know, it was totally from night to day, literally. And so I was still in that scene. I would go with the intention though now to be sober and like talk to people and like have those opportunities, like to divine appointments and I was able to talk to some people and actually talk to them because, you know, when you're in that place, you're not even really getting to know people on a deep level. You just connect over the party and the drinks and the good time and that's it. And then everyone's recounting it the next day. But these were like really meaningful conversations. People were asking me like, what's going on? And cared to ask. And I got to share what God was doing and um, I was willing to talk about it and share about him. So to answer the question, um, him taking that desire, I feel like it was just a place of deliverance. The place that I've just continually had to surrender was opening up that intimacy with someone that wasn't my husband. I think our culture does such a disservice to people, especially those who are in that place, like in high school and early twenties, that sex can just be casual. It's, it's not. Sex is powerful. It is soul ties. It is soul ties. Yes. Yes. And I talk about that too in the book. I'm like, and part, it's part of my story because it's almost like when you're with that person, you don't even realize what you're connecting yourself to. Like you don't, it's so much bigger than you realize Um, it's spiritual. And I have had to give that over and over because of what sexual intimacy creates and the temptation that the flesh will still bring of like reminding you of um, just that closeness and companionship. And again, sowing those consequences from doing that for so many years and it has been just this healing journey really of just I think staying pure and trusting the Lord with that part because when you open that up it's hard to you
0: can't it's Pandora's box you
1: cannot oh yeah it back in. No. no you can't yeah and mm-hmm. I, you know he has spoken so much over that of like my identity attached to it but there are consequences there are triggers that remind me of you know, certain things and just moments. And those are farther and fewer between now that it's been so long ago. But that's been hard. You still struggle with those feelings? Yeah, like I will still have... I mean, it's not even so much that I was like... Like the act itself. Oh yeah, I yeah. think it was more what it did, even for myself. Like I, so many people, like when I've talked to people now on my podcast, you know, they've opened the conversation about sex and sex and the boundaries of marriage, and I see why. Like God designed it that way, you know. Um, when it's used and defiled, it's can just be used get perverted and damaging to your soul. And God even talks about sexual sin so much in the Bible and why he created it for the preservation of marriage. Like, I just think people don't take that seriously. It's so, it's not the act. It was more just like the feeling that you would get. I just felt almost like powerful. Like you'd have this control over somebody, but to me, that's the worship of self. Like it's more of that was, yeah, that was the struggle of like, I had to come to terms with like, wait, am I really missing this person that bad? Or did I like how I felt around that person? Because I had this like effect on that person because of how I dressed, how I acted. Again, back to being chosen. It was like however long a night with somebody and you're like, Oh, feeling on top of the world, like, Oh, this person's choosing me. And it's gratifying yourself. You really in that place. Absolutely. It's not this self-sacrificial mindset that's required of us, you know, in marriage when we're doing it unto Christ and for him and for his glory. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that was really, I think the struggle was when I came to that realization that like, wow, like my heart is really wicked. (laughs) I, I at first, Position myself as the victim when I first was going through the word, and I talk about that too. Of gosh, when I went through the book of Hosea, I was like, Oh, like, let me position myself into the Hosea's position Mm because I know what it feels like to be cheated on. And God goes, Well, no, like, you're the unfaithful wife, but to me, like, you're a gomer, you're the prostitute, (laughs) like, you have sick heart things that need working out, and so that has been the struggle of giving that over and dying daily to self because that doesn't always feel good. And it feels better to be gratified. And it is just like this Mm. lust that can come out or that worship of self Mm -hmm. is ugly. Yeah. To this day, like it hasn't been easy. People might see me and be like, oh my gosh, you know, like she's done this, but it's all because of him. Like he's kept me and that discipline to give it over to him. And I love
0: that he, that we have the immense privilege to worship Him and surrender our hearts to Him daily and submit to Him daily and And I love that, that even though you were delivered, that there's still things that the enemy comes at you and the enemy constantly plays his hand. He's like, oh, but don't you remember? Don't you remember how you used to love this? And you're like, nah, but God's good. Yes. God's
1: good.
0: (laughs) But that's that's such a mature way to see it. Like I see that you take every thought captive, even Mm -hmm. if the same things come against you. You're taking your thoughts captive and you're surrendering and submitting them to the Lord. Oh, yeah. So it's really, really special. Yes. Thank you for sharing because yeah. it's easy to tell your testimony without reminding yourself and others this is what I'm still going through and it's still a process. Yeah. But because you can easily go back there. Oh. If you partnered yes. with those thoughts and that sin, that oh yeah, that ent- entity that's speaking into your life, you could easily go back there. A deliverance to me is a partnership with the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. So I, and he I love that.
1: Gives you new desires too, because what he was leading me to do, it was like all him, you know. Like, we be. are always just so consumed with us, like ourselves mm-hmm. before him. And so, like, there were so many opportunities you could call him, or I, you know, just things that tempt you to turn the other way. And, like, that was really what I knew was different this time was when I repented. Like, it was the sorrow over what I'd done. Cause I'd said sorry to God before for things I'd done. But, I'd go and do it again. But this time I wanted to never turn back that way. And so when things would come along the path on this journey, he would let me work that out. And it was choices. Like I had to decide, you know, I don't have to go to that place anymore. It's accountability. Like I had some friends, you know, over the years I had met in Bible study, sit with me, you know, if I had seen a person, um, people don't, you know, just disappear. Their relationships, you know, and I had to do this, again, unraveling of what I'd sown and what I'd been doing for, you know, years. And you have to choose, like, I'm not going to go, I'm going to say no. And this is sin. And I've said that to people. And it's not the easiest thing to say, because people deny that. They're just like, you know, no, indulge, like, do this
0: thing. It's okay. And well, but that's what the world says. Hey, satisfy yourself, right? Yeah. But I love that you had people in your life. You talked about that there's accountability. And I I remember for me, accountability was was, was defiled it was the accountability that like was like oh you're doing that I'm doing that too okay we're fine oh, You gosh. know, like. <laughs> but I love that yeah. somebody sat with you somebody took the time to be with you mm-hmm. to wait on you and to wait with you mm-hmm. um so that your temptation would pass and that's what I, I I really pray for this next generation of believers that accountability is um is a partnership with the Holy spirit, but also somebody standing behind you and saying, you can do this. Yeah. You don't have to sin. You can do it. You know, yes. that's what accountability really should be. Absolutely. So, um, a lot of people, not a lot of people, m- less than 500 people are following you. So whatever, <laughs> <laughs> but I've been talking a lot about quiet times yes. and intimacy with the Lord. Um, And worship also kind of coincides with that worship outside of singing, but worshiping. What are your, what does your quiet time look like? How do you walk with the Lord daily?
1: Yeah. Um, I have my setup. I mean, and this is, I don't mean it to like shame someone that doesn't Mm -hmm. because I mean, so much of the time you hear these just Christian resources saying this is how quiet time has to look. So yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. No. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah. Yep. It's however you want it to look, but mine yeah. does happen to me. I love, I have my Bible. I have a prayer journal writing for me. It just helps so much to get the heart things out, my prayers, my petitions. Mm-hmm. And, um, I do have a little place that I go with the Lord where, um, don't go there every day, but when I have really like heavy things, like I know where to go, I'll go to him and just, sometimes I'll just lay there and <laughs> cry or, to sit and like I needed to just be with him which I know it's just that special place that I have a place where you talk about your secret place yeah yeah, yeah mine is a I go to a garden oh, like
0: I love I'm very much of a secret garden kind of person um, like yeah. that's why I told you yes outside of the podcast I oh. I love collecting old books and I love old stories and yeah. uh the secret
1: garden is really really special Beautiful. for me yeah yes Yes, um, mine is not that I can share. It's just it sounds silly. It's by the side of my bed. <laughs> I don't leave the house, honestly. But so it's just there's something about that place that's like holy ground, which I don't know yes. why. But, but that's okay. That's special for you. It is and and it, for now. <laughs>
0: and I think that's I think that's important because somebody else might have that same place that they're yeah. like I'm ashamed of my holy space <laughs> that's yes. like in the bathroom yes. or something or in the shower right. and. You know, if the Lord meets you there, yeah. far be it from me
1: to say, don't go there to meet right. the Lord, right? Totally. And it's going to look different, yeah. I think, in every season. Could change, you know? But, mm-hmm. yeah, but I do, like, writing is an act of worship for me. Like, it just is my heart pouring out, you know, mm-hmm. before him and mm-hmm. pleading and just noting and going back so I can thank him when he answers. Mm -hmm. Because so often I think we ask him and ask him and ask him for things and then the things happen and then we forget to say thank you. And so I like to go back to see like how he has answered. But I had to get out of the shame of feeling guilty if I didn't wake up at the crack of dawn and spend an (laughs) hour, you know, sometimes (laughs) I will just get in the word for a few minutes. And it's not a rigid thing for me. That is really just resetting for me. Like it combats all the other voices that are out there, you know, to just this steady voice, his, his voice and his word is so steady to me. And the second I get off or get out of that quiet place, you go to social media and it's loud. There's so much buying for our attention. And so even if I spend five minutes, you know, in his word and not feel like, oh, I have to spend an hour there. Like it's just resetting me and giving me that anchor to go back to. And, and sometimes I won't even get something out of it for me, but later that day, a friend will call and that word was for her, mm. you know, like I can encourage her with that. Um, that's fresh on my mind. Cause I did go to that place and most days I will be in his word, but um, I don't beat myself up if I'm not, because <laughs> sometimes people make you feel that way, you know, if you yeah. aren't, well, that's the enemy there. It's, yes. it's never about what you are and you aren't doing because then it becomes about performance.
0: Right. The performance takes away from the beauty of your salvation. If I can give any advice to anybody, Mm -hmm. don't worry about how much you're doing. Just go there with the Lord. Right. Worry about how deep you're going and how much he's uncovering Mm -hmm. and how much you're surrendering because that's going to be the difference between your revival and your friend's revival because a performance – Nobody's going to be revived. No. But when you're being
1: revived, somebody else is going to be revived. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to, like you said, look a certain way. I think of people in other countries who are literally running for their lives. Like,
0: Christianity is illegal.
1: Oh, yeah. And I've read books like Voice of the Martyrs. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you're familiar with that ministry where sharing their testimonies Mm -hmm. and stories. And some of them are just hard to read because it's so intense and just so graphic of the things they go through. And I'm thinking, especially here in our culture, in the Western culture, we have it a certain way it has to look or we think, or we compare and we mm-hmm. see it on social media, people with their coffee and no shame in coffee with the word, but you know, like we have these like things we think we need, but
0: it's, it's a very pretty nails, nails polished kind of thing versus like what Christianity right. was and really is even around the world today. you know, yeah. If you're looking at Afghanistan and there's, like, true yes. martyrs. Like, people are, they're going door to door and, like, murdering people. Yes. And and in places like Egypt, it's not illegal to be a Christian, mm-hmm. but it's really hard to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of gang murders yeah. of Christians there. And so to think that we have the luxury yes. to read the Bible every day, which people don't have the luxury to read the Bible in China even right, right. now. It is illegal to even have a Bible, like, yes. upon death. Um, and to think the best that they have is being taught how to witness to your prison guard as you go to be murdered is like, we're so lucky that we can actually stoke revival in our country. Yes. Like, oh my gosh.
1: I just read something too from somewhere that they were going to start sending missionaries to America. Like they see yes. us as lost, like we as a whole. We are so lost we are. as a whole
0: in Los Angeles. And that's why we're here. Alicia, you and I are here. We're missionaries. <laughs>
1: yes. I love that. Because yes, yeah. then I'm thinking that was my reason for even bringing that in. I'm thinking these women don't, they don't have their Bibles that they might not even have a copy, but if they've read it at one point or just have a verse tucked in their hearts, those believers, you know, they're just ushering maybe up a word Jesus, you know, and that to him is enough like that intimacy like they're speaking to him in their hearts like it could just be that simple and that it matters more about the heart it does it's always back to the heart like yeah God doesn't look at the checklist of what we're checking off it's our heart posture and That's just as precious to him, you know. So I think so. Yeah. Oh. Yeah.
0: Alicia, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Can I ask where can people find you? What are you working on? What are the websites and your Instagrams and all that
1: fun stuff? Yes. I'm so glad that I was here. It was fun. Um, so I have Instagrams. I have The Marriage Project, which is just at the Marriage Project Co. C O. If anyone wants to listen to Tiffany and Dan's episode, um, it will be there. But yeah, that's Christian testimonies if they are interested in hearing those different marriage testimonies. And my book is... A main focus right now, just learning that whole world of how to share it and where to share mm-hmm. it. So, um, it is available, like you said, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and at the marriage project, um, Co is that website. But my personal one is at Alicia.miller.
0: And that's for your photography as well.
1: That is not my photography ah, website. I, <laughs> I do. Yes, it's a lot. Um, That's a, at Alicia Miller photography.
0: I'm so excited for year four. I yeah. totally binged. <laughs> this weekend. I know. And, thank you. <laughs> and it was a lot of tears, honestly. Like some of these testimonies are really inspiring and some of them are just heart-wrenching. Yeah. You know, what what these marriages have gone through and yes. what they're after now, like coming out of really dark places. Uh, really special to listen to. So mm-hmm. I highly encourage going and listening to Leisha's podcast. Um, and please go buy her book it's his a single girl's journey to discovering God's heart on love marriage and identity if you yes. are a single girl or if you're married it's super inspirational I I know that I've, I mean I've read a handful of chapters yeah. and I'm still going Thank through it you. but man I it's it's really good to be pointed back right to the heart of God mm-hmm. and how much he loves
1: us yeah and the way he loves us so. that is the hope I do warn I'm like it is there are some words that are intended as band-aids they might pierce through but it was what I needed. So that is my heart. It is like a sister sitting across from you like we're doing right now. Yes. My heart is that I just want them to become acquainted with this Jesus that loves them so fully, mm. so perfectly and won't hurt them. He's trustworthy. He's true. He keeps his word. He doesn't say he's going to text back and never does. <laughs> he's always present. His love is
0: here. Alicia, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. And uh, yeah, I fun. can't wait to share it and I can't wait to see you next time. Yes.
1: Thank you so much, Tiffany.
0: Thank you so much for following along with us on this journey of hearing testimonies of the Lord. Today's guest was Alicia Miller. She has amazing projects in motion right now. First and foremost, her book is called His, A Single Girl's Journey to Discovering God's Heart on Love marriage and identity you can find her book on her website themarriageproject.co or you could buy it on amazon or at barnes and noble If you're looking for another amazing Christian podcast, definitely check out Alicia's podcast called The Marriage Co. You can find it on any of the podcast platforms. It's really amazing and powerful, powerful testimonies. She's doing exactly what I want to do here, which is telling the testimonies of the saints and teaching us how to live biblically. Finally, thank you so much for listening to A Worthy Treasures podcast. I know that we're just getting started, but there are so many more amazing testimonies coming along. Next episode, we're gonna be hearing from Elise Takashima. She actually grew up at Coast Christian Fellowship, which is my current home church, and it's so amazing to watch someone who grew up in my church went off to be a missionary in Australia. If you're excited to hear more testimonies of what God is doing today, then make sure that you go to my website and subscribe to be on the mailing list. You do not want to miss some of these amazing testimonies that are coming up in the next few episodes. So make sure you stick around. Lastly, if you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Please leave a review because that brings us up in the rankings. And third, please share this podcast with any friends who you believe might benefit from hearing a testimony of the Lord or hearing the gospel. This podcast is to help people understand that God is moving, shaking, living and breathing today. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see you again next time.